there is a need for the market to be more regulated so that we can know how is this sustainable and how what is the effect on people that are supposed to receive this help local communities for example right now there's no transparency in it so you are not also able to tell how we actually supporting the goals of the UN like the sustainable development goals because if you're an NGO or a nonprofit or you know these volunteer projects automatically you're working under one of the SDGs but how exactly they're doing that there's not really a way to tell because there's nobody in charge of giving up that data You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes and hear about their interesting experiences. Hey, it's Ellis and thanks for tuning in the Startup Playground podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk about a multi-billion dollar industry that is largely desired to visitors, not the hosting countries, which leads to making patient out of poverty and emphasizing the outdated stereotypes about volunteering countries. Therefore, today I have been joined by Eva Kian, co-founder of NGO Pilot, as well as she have had fair amount of volunteering experience in the past so she is here to shed light on the, this global issue hey eva hi elvis how are you doing today i'm fine how are you i'm good you know uh, the weather never stops surprising in this country <laughs> i know <laughs> because it's been like a week of rain and cold so let's yeah. hope the sun's going to come soon right yes Anyway, before we start, could you maybe tell me what is exactly NGO Pilot and how is it connected to the volunteerism? Um, NGO Pilot is a very new organization that I started because I felt like there wasn't really enough knowledge on how to volunteer responsibly abroad. There's a lot of uh, agencies uh, selling these kind of uh, trips. It's quite common and popular to volunteer abroad. But it also comes with quite a lot of consequences that I feel like people aren't aware of. So NGO Pilot basically just shares that kind of information with people to give a more realistic view on the whole market and for people to understand how they actually volunteer responsibly so that they can have an, a positive impact on the local communities that they want to visit. Because in my opinion, I feel like volunteerism have been around for a while but it's just just getting some popularity because people wants to do responsible living and be sustainable and in that case you know they kind of want to do good and feel good after doing something you know for mm. these kind of countries but is it really doing something good that's um, the question yeah so for people who want to travel and do good i mean or be sustainable then there's of course a lot of sustainable travel types so for example you could just go on a train or bike or like these kind of holidays volunteerism is kind of a different way or it's supposed to be a different way to um, highlight sustainable sustainability there's a lot of factors involved in volunteering abroad like it's not a very simple area so that's why you cannot answer yes or no to that question Your question was, is it actually doing good? And that depends on who you ask. 
I mean, for the volunteer, it can be really beneficial for them to get this kind of experience and learn a lot about cultures, get a different view on the world, uh, what problems that there are out there. So in that way, it can help for local people. It can also help them to get to know a different culture. But the actual work itself, it depends on what type of work it is that you set out to do. If you want to volunteer with an orphanage, then it's really challenging to actually have a sustainable impact because you leave again and you're interacting with children who live in a place that kind of is supposed to help them have stable lives. So then if you volunteer there and then you stay there for a couple of weeks or months and you leave again you continuously kind of break down that stable environment that's what i wanted to also yeah. talk to you because other day i was also looking um, about all this impact caused by volunteerism and also they mentioned the aspect of kids mm -hmm. what i think and also maybe it's complements what you're saying right now is that when you travel as a tourist of wealthy country to more poverty country you create this um, attraction or this um, relationship with the kids but after that you leave mm -hmm. so therefore in my opinion you kind of break the heart of the kids and then they get negative impact something like that what it is is that for example if it's kids and they're constantly having to develop new relationship with people Because volunteers come and go, they have to do it again and again. And that kind of uh, creates distrust. And I'm not like a professional psychologist or anything like that. But I think a person with experience in ch children development, child development, uh, mental development, all of that stuff would probably say that it's not very healthy for a child to be left all the time. So it could lead to like a distress, a distrust, a lesser feeling of oneself. Like who am I? Can you actually develop in a safe area? So these volunteers who volunteered orphanages, of course, it, it, it depends on how involved are they in these kids' lives. Do the local staff, are they the ones that are mainly involved and take care of these children and they stay for years, you know? But regardless, I don't see that volunteerism, like Western young children also, like 18-year-olds, helping these places because they also usually don't have a background for child development or anything like that. So you wouldn't say that that's like the strongest resource that uh, an orphanage can have. If you imagine that we have places here that take care of uh, orphans or people, the less fortunate, that sounds really cold, but you know what I mean? Here in Denmark, we don't have people from Cambodia coming that are 18-year-olds to take care of our children. So it's hard to see how that's like a, the best solution. Orphanages in, in general, I don't see as very sustainable because children should be with families, probably, instead of being in homes, in that type of homes. Yeah. And this is also what I also have read, because one of the research by a Save the Children, mm -hmm. they showed that 95% of orphanage in Sri Lanka has parents. Yeah. So are they just trying to earn money from their children or what is the... Okay, so to talk about that, it's actually, it's kind of in the... It's also, you could say that in Cambodia as well. Uh, I think it was... UNICEF or UNESCO or somebody who went there to take also found out that 80% of the children in orphanages in Cambodia were not actually orphans. And that kind of raises the question, so where do they come from? Why are they there? And then I think it makes sense to kind of look at the 
the volunteerism industry again because you often pay to volunteer abroad. So you come there, there's a demand in volunteerism uh, that creates business in these places. Abroad, like projects, sometimes maybe that's the best business that they can do, that they see all, all these Westerners are coming, you know, that's a business opportunity. What can we make? What they want is an experience with children and they want to feel like they do good. So then let's give it to them. It's not necessarily of, of an evil act. It might be the best way to, to survive. You know what I mean? Like these projects that pop up um, based on false agendas or whatever. What, so where they, do they come from? And I don't know that for sure, but it would make sense that it was maybe the parents are earning money on having their children there. Or I've heard from volunteer stories that I've like researched uh, quite a bit and reached out to volunteers that had bad experiences abroad before that said um, that some orphanages try and, you know, uh, it's hard not to be sound really harsh but that they in the worst case could be kidnapped kidnapped so you can also see that in cambodia there is an increase in orphanages while there's a decrease in orphans and when you look at those statistics then the the point of an orphanage doesn't make sense anymore you're not actually solving a national problem and then that kind of makes the ngo itself non-sustainable so it's like a two-faced coin yeah okay and what is the goal of NGO Pilot? So right now, there is not that many people in Denmark that know about how to volunteer responsibly or that the projects that they visit aren't validated, that there's no data on the progress in this whole market, as well as who is actually responsible for when I volunteer abroad. Like when you volunteer in Denmark, then you're covered by law or inskomst, which brings security to you and the organization and you don't have that when you go abroad so the first thing we want to do is to inform the danish volunteers or traveler interested in in go in volunteering abroad that there's a lot of factors that they have to think about before they volunteer abroad if they want to make a sustainable change because they can't rely on the agency or the project necessarily as it isn't just for purpose uh, there's a lot of profit involved in that and business are businesses, you know. So um, just because, for example, an organization says non-profit doesn't mean that they are not relying on income and you are that income, you know, you are the customer. So they will really try to please you the same with the agencies. And that's not that anybody's evil, it's just how it is. Another research showed that a lot of people living in there, they said that why we get money from other countries why we don't generate money in our own country such as you know africa cambodia there are also a labor who can work but they rather choose to take from western worlds people who bring in the money hmm. i mean that's also quite a big question and can vary from country to country okay um for sure I think that Westerners are willing to donate a bit more, like in that if you volunteer abroad, there's a travel included and you have to cover your accommodation and food and stuff like that. So then, for example, an organization will say they can uh, not afford to have a lot of staff because you have to pay salary. So then you can come and help if you want, but you have to cover your own cost, like your own uh, food and your own accommodation and stuff like that. And then that's kind of the way that that organization can thrive because they can't afford to cover their own cost. And that's quite legit. 
I mean, it would not make sense for them to cover your costs like food and accommodation because then they could use that money on a local person as a staff. That's also a problem with like this free volunteering sometimes. But um, as the organization grows, they should employ more local staff because it's supposed to benefit that local community and workforce is a big part of that. Okay. Moving on a little bit, you know, there's word that we I mentioned in the beginning, voluntourism, right? And then there is a word volunteerism. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference between these? Yeah, that's a fair question. Because I'm, I I believe that a lot of people <laughs> have this question and yeah. then, you know, so, so people don't mistake, you know, one another. Mm-hmm. So could you maybe shed some light on it? Yeah, volunteerism is just working for free, right? You... You want to help your local football club, so then you just you you give your your you give workforce and you don't get paid for it. That's volunteerism. You can do that in your local community anywhere. When you go abroad and you do that, it's called volunteerism because you travel to volunteer. You're a tourist, nonetheless, even though you work in another country. But then instead of just traveling and visiting a lot of spots and having a nice time, you work for free. And that's that's volunteerism, basically. Volunteer travel. Or volunteerism. Volunteer tourism. Yes. Okay. In the beginning, I mentioned that you have had some fair share of, you know, experience in all this industry. So therefore, there's a question that it also personally interests for me is what is media not telling us about these volunteer organizations um so there have been not that much in denmark but like if you go on the internet and stuff like that you can see in some newspapers media that there is a problem for example with orphanages that's been quite a that's the area that has been in the media i would say that i don't believe necessarily that the media is trying to hide anything of what goes on in these projects sometimes which can be As I explained before, that they are built on false agendas because it's the best business to do, meaning that they sell you the the idea that you're actually going to change something, whereas that's not really their their thing. You know, that's not their their point. Um, I don't think that the media is trying to hide that side of it. I just think that there's not a demand for finding out what happens. There's nobody asking about it. And honestly, a lot of people in the Western world are under like white saviorism complex, which means that you don't naturally question how am, am I actually helping? It's like we should help, you know, we can help because we're so well off. Isn't some people's lives involved in all this? You know, like yes. lives, jobs, um, future, I don't know. I mean, it's a big, it's a really big uh It's a global industry, so a lot of people are involved. And it's quite, it's very, very complex. But I would say the most easy way to talk about that, who who is involved in this and like who's paying the price or whatever, that would be that whenever you, for example, go to an orphanage or you go to an elephant sanctuary, then the reason why that exists is because somebody's suffering, right? So then the children in that orphanage or the elephants in that sanctuary are basically the products that you buy, like that experience. If the orphans were immediately sent to families or the elephants were immediately rehabilitated out into the jungles, there wouldn't be an organization and there wouldn't be you visiting at that. So that's why we really have to think about how are we actually helping those people or that animal or the local community who is supposed to benefit from that organization being there. 
that's what makes it sustainable, right? That it benefits the community by its existence. So a lot of people are involved. On the customer side, on the whole managing these travels, then it's like the travel agencies, the schools, telling you that's a good idea to volunteer abroad because of resume and experience. The media, everyone who's telling you that it's a good idea, they are influencing it. And then the people that are receiving it on the other end are also influenced by volunteers and their their being there it can change communities for having massive amount of volunteers especially when they leave all the time there is a need for the market to be more regulated so that we can know how is this sustainable and how what is the effect on people that are supposed to receive this help local communities for example Right now, there's no transparency in it, so you are not also able to tell how we're actually supporting the goals of the UN, like the Sustainable Development Goals, because if you're an NGO or a nonprofit or, you know, these volunteer projects, automatically you're working under one of the SDGs. But how exactly they're doing that, there's not really a way to tell because there's nobody in charge of giving up that data. At the same time, you don't really know how the the massive amount of money in that industry is really helping like how there, there's not really a way to know that right now and who does benefit from volunteerism um mainly i would say the volunteer but you you're mentioning this aspect money involved right, right and i yeah. mentioned in the beginning yeah. that this is a multi-billion dollar industry yeah so where does the money spend in volunteerism really goes yeah because if it's really the, all the money went to like saving the nature investing in environment and animals yes. and everything then yes. everything will be flourishing but yeah. they still have poverty yeah yeah, so yeah where did their money really goes so that's again really really difficult to say because there's not transparency in it so we we can't follow we don't you can follow the money but we can't show now where the money is actually going because say okay so say you you want to volunteer abroad and let's just bring the travel agency into this Volunteer abroad, you go through an agency, you pay that agency a sum of money, and then they pay the volunteer project. Uh, usually it's like that, regardless of if it's the other way around, then the agency gets some money, the volunteer project gets some money, and then that volunteer project has the, the end money, and what they do with that money is really up to themselves. It's supposed to benefit their purpose, like the goals they set out, why they exist, But if it's actually going into that, for example, building a new school or something like that, if that money actually ends up building that new school, who is to say? We don't know because there's no data on it and there's no rules about it. And the agency gets its share of money to pay whatever administration costs. How big amount of that money they get is also between the project and the agency. You know, they could get 80% of what you pay. So there's no institutions basically controlling all this no. money transfer. No. no, So it's really it's really up to everybody what they want to do in a way, you know. That's why it's really important for the volunteer to begin before they set out to want to help or support something that they find out how can I ensure that this will be sustainable. And is NGO also trying to get involved in all this and have some, you know piece of the pie to kind of NGO pilot NGO pilot yeah. yeah create this transparency so what we for example I've been on this podcast before with Valencia Abroad which is my company it's passive right now or I'm not spending time on it But that was a recruitment company recruiting volunteers abroad. We can still do that. But we found out that we were really relying on volunteer projects as well as the volunteer actually 
going to the project, so the recruitment of it. So you want to sell to the volunteer, it's the volunteer is the customer. And Geopilot then pulls itself out of that whole thing. We don't want to rely on the volunteer going to the project before we can, in order to be sustain, economically sustainable, because that means that you, your sole goal is to sell to the volunteer, like sell this travel to the volunteer, right? So we rather try and sell counseling on how to be responsible. And then it's up to you if you choose to go abroad or where you choose to go abroad. Our part in all of this is just give out information on how to act as a sustainable volunteer and make ethical choices. And then it's up to you if you want to go abroad or you find out maybe you would rather travel. Maybe your, your real wish is to get an experience abroad and then volunteering might not be the most beneficial thing to do. Does that make sense? It, it does, but it's just I'm kind of, I'm shocked by that, you know, there's no institutions controlling all this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and considering so, that, you know, it's a, such a huge industry and there's such a money transferring yeah, so yeah, huge amounts yeah. that there is nothing being controlled, really. No. So actually, our, our, like, right now, our goal is to give out information, to get people to demand transparency and to get people to demand more responsible volunteer solutions. The long-term goal is to get enough signatures so that we can develop, not on our own, but to develop a validation method for these projects so that a travel agency can, can only recruit volunteers to projects that has been validated so that you know that it will be sustainable somehow. That's a lot of work. That's probably something for the UN to do. But that, that's what we want to go towards, is to make this market more transparent. And that will mean setting up organizations uh, around the world in local communities that will then be the ones that use, like what you're talking about, this institution that kind of has an overview of what's happening and how the money is spent and what's the real problems that that community or that the nation or whatever has and what projects then make sense to make. For example, if there was an institution in Cambodia really uh, focused on the impact of volunteerism, then perhaps a lot of orphanages wouldn't be there. Maybe it would be completely different what the projects would be. But again, another part of it, and I have to say that, is that a big part of the world is functioning under corruption. So we can't really just say no corruption because a lot of places are built up around that and works on that. So we have to find a way of figuring out for each country each community what is it that they actually need and basically that's talking to the people that live there what do they want what do they need and not so much bigger corporations also maybe you know you put your money where the mouth is yeah right but it's really it's really difficult and that's why we just start with talking about it getting people to talk about volunteerism and what's the downsides to it what's the how is it inefficient how can we make it more efficient I really like your plan. Thanks. We have to start talking about this to make some impact. But in your past experience, have you ever witnessed any non-sustainable action? So I was uh, in Cambodia during my internship with I studied marketing and I was with an NGO, of an elephant sanctuary, and I didn't know anything about responsible volunteerism. Uh, I was just thinking it would be great to help somebody who needs it more than a big company here in Denmark. And I was thinking my help is two years of marketing experience. And I was thinking like I can help 
a lot of people, you know. Again, a little bit of this white saviorism because uh, I didn't even know if what I was helping with was actually a problem in that community. But um, anyway, um, I've, I was there for a few months and then I realized that they didn't have any like animal care. And they, it was an elephant sanctuary also. They took in monkeys that uh, was hurt and found in the jungle and stuff like that. And um, they didn't have any veterinarian connected to that place. So they basically didn't really know how to take care of the, the animals. And that's a big problem when you're a sanctuary. Because how are you going to change anything if you don't know how to, to do it? And you don't know how to take care of the exact animals that needs that help. You know what I mean? So that was like the first time I really thought about it. And I had to call WWF to get them to come and pick up the monkey and, you know, look at it and all of that. And then I, I, through my time with NGO Pilot and Volunteer Broad, I've talked to numerous of volunteers who have thought about like, okay, when I was volunteering abroad, I don't really feel like I was actually changing anything. Uh, for example, I, I talked to a girl that went to, to Africa and I don't remember the country right now, but she was uh, supposed to volunteer in a school and then she got there and it, then she found out the school was on summer break and she paid a travel agency to go there and then they were like well we are actually on a summer break and then she was like okay cool <laughs> so she just hung around for a bit and then she told the agency like what's the plan and they said okay well never mind you can go and help out on, the, on a clinic instead and this also shines some light on well we don't we can't do everything you know are you are you the right person to work in a school or are you the right person to work in a clinic? That's two different things. And she was 18 or 19 or something like that. So she goes to work in a clinic and she's actually sitting in the, um, the, the, the front desk to receive patients. And in this place, in this country, there was a lot of uh, AIDS. So a lot of these patients had AIDS and had to get help with that. And then she's a Danish young woman having to help foreign people with their AIDS. You know, like how do you even... She didn't even have a experience in the, in medical, you know. That's in, in my eyes and from what I heard of that story is really uh, non-sustainable. What is she doing there? Is that the best time, use of her time and also for the hospital? So those kind of stories, are there's a lot of them. And your question was how it can be non-sustainable or if I experienced that. And I think if you go on the internet and you search for volunteering abroad, uh, you can see you spent uh, two weeks being an English teacher. That's a very common job. And how is anybody benefiting from having a, a teacher only two weeks? That's nobody's. That's, I mean, that's not no normal. There's, we don't have that in schools here because people don't learn that way, you know. So it's really easy to find non-sustainable volunteerism projects or um, uh, tasks or whatever if you know what to look for. But again, this two weeks of English teaching, it's not a natural thought to, to a lot of Western people that it's not going to benefit someone because we don't usually need to get... We don't really have that problem where we need volunteers to come here to help us. You know, the same way if you volunteer at an orphanage or an animal sanctuary, usually you're solving some problem that we don't have here ourselves, so you don't have a natural understanding of it. So it's really important to share information on how do you do it sustainable, because it's not something people just know. Okay. I feel like there should be some kind of, you know, justice and there's have to be some kind of order of things because, you know, it's also a part of the world and, you know, that's like a part of the world that, you know, nobody really takes care of and it's just like 
sounds like muddy laundering and I'm sorry for saying that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's when people want to work for free and they're willing to pay for it, then you can really use that as a good resource. Um, so it, it should it's a really beautiful thing and it should be dealt with care and efficiency. But this problem is not a problem only in this industry. You know, if something becomes of high demand and there's a lot of money in it because it's high demand and the, the end receiver of it is a poorer country economically or whatever, then usually this stuff just happens. I'm sorry, I can't really come with a, another example right now, but it's just, yeah, it's difficult. Just It is, it is. Thanks for listening to the part one where we spoke about the complexity of voluntourism and unregulated market together with Eva Kian, the co-founder of NGO Pilot. And don't forget to tune in to part two the next week where you will be able to hear about what can we do to solve the issue in voluntourism and how NGO Pilot is hoping to contribute to all this. See you next week.